You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. How's everybody doing out there in the wonderful world of the internet? It's DW here with JP. JP, how you doing? Good, D-Dub. How are you? Very well. We've got Andreas Morris. D-Dub. Special guest today, Mr. Miller. Colin Miller, how you doing? Thank you very much, and it's great to be here. Thank uh, you for asking how I'm doing. Uh, no worries. I'm going to ask all night long. And for those of you who are interested in what's going on, this is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, coming to you live from uh, First Round Sports Restaurant in downtown Edmonton here. And we've got a whole pile of stuff uh, ready to go for you and on the go for you. And we're going to kick it off right away with a little bit of uh, commentary that was going on today. JP, you were talking about uh, a little bit of Twitter uh, banter about uh, soccer, and, uh, and and it got pre- fairly heated, apparently. Yeah, fantastic conversation. Before I get into that, though, I just I'm having a flashback, D Dub. Okay, yeah, I'm having a flashback to the fast- same intro every week. Well, Me too. no, it's it's a flashback to the fast times at Ridgemont High. If you look at these two wearing their pirate shirts, I kind of feel like <laughs> I feel like Judge Reinhold at uh, Captain Hook's Fish and Chips. Oh, so. like we dressed pretty sharply today. But, uh, Actually, we yeah. phoned each other to see what we're wearing. So yeah. very good. Maybe they're making me feel good about my Navy days. I don't know. No, no okay, I guess so. Um, it could be part of it. Yeah, but. Uh, no, fantastic conversation today about coaching education um, in Canada. You know, and, and one individual felt that it's uh, not necessary, that we don't need coaching education, and that uh, experience is enough alone. And name names, JP. I, well, he doesn't have his name on it. Uh, All, okay. Although them, conveniently, when you go to his website, he does make money in the game, so he'll he'll make money from a system he slams, which is uh, one of the problems in Canadian soccer, I think. Um, but when we talk about coaching education in Canada, we just had a conversation or just got off a conversation with uh, Anthony Tatera on his podcast, and Jason DeVos is on there as well, and speaking about what we can do or using Iceland as, uh, as an example. Yeah. And they can provide a blueprint for Canadian soccer. Well, you touched and, a little uh, bit last week on the, on the blueprints for Canadian soccer and yeah, how well we Iceland's done and, and how we could maybe translate some of what they do with, to what we do. Absolutely. You know, the big, the easiest thing is coaching education. That, number one, that's probably the easiest thing. It needs, it needs a system revamp for sure. Yeah. It needs more accessibility for, for coaches to do that. Um, perhaps putting it in more provinces so you can save on, on cost of travel, um, taking off time at work, whatever the case is. Whatever yeah. you need to do to make it uh, more accessible for, for coaches to take, we need to do that. Um, the biggest thing uh, that they talked about as well there was was facilities and infrastructure. We talked about that last week as yeah, well, and for sure. how poorly our sport is actually treated um, by local government, mm-hmm. you know, not just here across the country. You know, compare us to football and, and the numbers that play, and the participation rates and whatnot, and and the two percent of the kids that play that sport get ninety eight percent of the facilities. Yeah. So as far as new facilities go, so no comparison there. No, for sure. I mean, facilities is something they you, you, you have to have facilities in order to make things work. And I think with more facilities comes more projects like the coaching aspect and, and getting coaching education going. Um, it's, it's tougher for, I think, clubs in particular in this area. There's only a few of them that have quality facilities that you're able to get involved with and... Uh, and really, you know, shake through some coaches in, 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 in the way of education. It was one of the biggest surprises to me when I first came to Edmonton mm-hmm. was that there was no full-size indoor facility. Uh-huh. And it blew me away. Yeah. One of the coldest places in the world. <laughs> and we have no, more, no uh, full-size indoor. And, I mean, that in itself, if you're coaching in an ice rink, 
uh, it's an entirely different game from the rest of the world. Uh, you know, you, so you look at Iceland; they've got a full-size league. They've got a full league going during uh, all these indoor facilities, yeah. and we could do the same thing here in Canada. But uh, you know, we may have to build one or two less ice rinks. Yeah, well, I mean, I should also touch base uh, Colin Miller here, the head coach of FC Edmonton, of course. Um, you were technical director out in Abbotsford. So the coaching education that, that, that happened there, was it, I mean, obviously you had a ton of facilities. So, what, Well, we had, it was all grass fields at that time, Dida. Yeah. There wasn't a, a field turf field in Abbotsford yeah. for a long time. For sure. And in some cases we had to go to a gravel field, the two gravel fields. I remember the gravel. The rain that was that yeah. were floodlit. So, but uh, you talk about coach edu- education. Coach education could be as simple as any coaches within your club or your district going to watch your technical director work. Yeah. That's how simple it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, go and watch another coach that you hear is doing good things. So it doesn't have to be a $5,000 commitment. You can just, if you want to get some coach education, mm-hmm. it can be, let's go down to the park and see what any coach is doing. Yeah. So do you think it was part of the conversation, Jeff, then uh, maybe just people changing their mindset in, in how they look at coaching or how they're going to try and develop their own abilities? Well, certainly on our end, you know, the the one that was against it was, was talking about how coaching education courses simply make robotic coaches all teaching the same thing, doing the same thing, and, and that doesn't really develop players when the game isn't, you know, so specific. The, yeah. game, the game kind of flows and, and changes. So, so he felt that coaching education courses actually make us robots. And, you know, the argument that I used is it, it took me five years to get my teaching degree. Mm-hmm. And I required those five years to get my teaching degree. So certainly you're not going to take someone that has experience, you know, seeing children. Uh, I could be rude yeah, here about that, you know, but, but you're not going to take someone that simply has experience over an education and let them teach kids. Yeah. And, and coaching is teaching. There should be no For difference. Sure. And both require a license, um, just like any trade, and both require a commitment to continued education or, uh, yeah, continued education as well. So getting your licenses, getting your courses. You know, there's a, it's an interesting, when you look at Iceland, compare Iceland to here, because that's what everyone's doing at the moment, and why not? Because it's, it's worked for them. Mm-hmm. But they have, you know, we, we, there's different numbers, but roughly 800 UEFA B-licensed coaches, 196 A-licensed coaches, wow. and 15 UEFA Pro-licensed coaches. Now, you come into Canada, and since 2003, when they revamped the coursing uh, in this country, yeah. there's been about 90 coaches have taken an A-license and have passed it, mm-hmm. uh, have passed the A-license since, since 2003. In Alberta, we have about 12 uh, A-licensed coaches. Uh-huh. Now, you compare the numbers, uh, and you see where we go wrong in this country. Mm-hmm. And in this country, the biggest problem for me is that there's no standards of coaching. So, so again, I'll go back to Iceland. You have to be a UEFA B-licensed coach at the U10 and above level in that country, or you do not get a coaching job. At the U8 level, you have to be on part one of the UEFA B license, halfway through it, or you don't get to coach their elite level kids. And in here, anyone can coach it, anyone can make money on it, anyone can milk mums and dads of all this to say you're going to develop these players and make all these promises. Mm -hmm. There's no standard. And uh, and I'm one that openly says we need standards. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. Sorry, Inspector. I I agree 100%. I'm a huge advocate for coach education, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I liken it to taking your driver's license, in all honesty, by, with a driving instructor or whatever. For that particular time that you're on the course, yeah. you have to do what that particular association wants you to do in order to pass. So that means that's a minimum requirement. For and sure. it's up to yourself. I think sometimes uh, coaches with no personality will develop players with no personality. Mm-hmm. So... 
that's where the argument for the robot comes in because yeah. I saw it firsthand at, at Derby County with some of the players, some of the coaches working at the youth levels. There, where they had zero personality, yeah. and even the clubs coming in, the Chelsea's and so on. Some of these guys, I mean, honestly, they could put you to sleep just with uh, with one single conversation. Mm-hmm. And here you are trying to motivate young players to play the best sport in the world. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for it because uh, I, I believe there has to be some sort of structure and, and some sort of base for anybody to learn, even if it's just a, a basic license, where how do you set up a training session? Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you organize things? If you have to go back to the bare bones, and then it's up to everyone else what level they want to go to. You know, and then for sure, at any the next level, there has to be those requirements because you just cannot come in and expect the coach, be yeah. ex players, to expect to just to go in and, and be a manager the next day. It's not easy. It's no. not easy, and it's not for everyone. And I, I think part of uh, part of uh, what you were just saying, JP, about the whole robot thing. I think there's. You know what? It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in any type of of work you get into. If you have a creative mind, if you feel creative in some sort of way, you can. You won't become a robot. You'll take what you've learned and you'll creatively, you know, change things to to, to suit your own ideals That's and right. and your own way of, of coaching on the field. Yeah. And and I know you had something to say there. Joe. Yeah, I just we were talking a lot about Iceland here and uh, and and their coaching um, beliefs in in what they're doing there. But we've got to be talking then at the at the youth level because it doesn't seem that and I know they're the sexy model right now but it doesn't seem to be translating at the at the top level their national team was coached by two coaches one of them was a Swede and the other is a part-time manager and he's a part-time right. dentist from what I understand yeah. so, <laughs> was... so why are they why 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 do you think that is JP at that at the base level where they have their kids that they, they believe in coach education there and they make sure these guys are licensed but then when it comes down the national team was quite successful, obviously, right. at least this Euros. They don't follow that. So, yeah, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I don't know what license those those two individuals have. I'm assuming they have at least UEFA. A. I'm assuming they have pro, Dre, just because you have to, uh, I think, at the national team levels, yeah. in, especially in Europe. But what I would say, though, if the work is done properly at the grassroots and at the youth levels by proper licensed coaches, the the job of the senior national team manager becomes much easier. Okay, and, and really, the senior, even, you know, even here at FC Edmonton or or at uh, TFC or the Whitecaps, if they get it right at the youth levels, yeah. then the the job of the senior manager becomes easier because the players are, are better, are more prepared to play. Um, that you know, makes and, sense. Yeah. I mean, Tater Thordeson, who was the Whitecaps coach, is also Icelandic. Um, he took the Estonian national team from about 150 odds, or 140 odds, into the low 60s. Yeah. Uh, so that was going back to whenever Tata was was there, and and I, I was just uh, emailing back and forth, of course, when uh, when they beat England, and he said that was a byproduct of 12 years. I think Jeff mentioned it earlier on in the broadcast here that that just did, didn't happen overnight, that they oh, yeah. were committed to changing the way mm-hmm. that they were doing things in Iceland because it wasn't right. They were not happy with how they were doing it. Yeah. And now they are obviously having some, not just at the Euros, but they've actually been, they're the well-respected. Yeah, absolutely well, well-respected. That's, that's what I've heard too, that the, the, the group that just went to the quarterfinals in the Euros, that's, like you say, it, was, it didn't happen overnight. Those That same group has been playing together for since 16 years of age, right? Yeah. yeah, and that doesn't happen in England. Yeah, it doesn't happen in Canada. You you have to wait to see who they're announcing before you can guess who's on the squad, mm-hmm. and that's not happening in Iceland. I think that's a big difference maker too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Honestly, just a final comment, because uh, a lot of people talk about UEFA licensing, the U.S. licensing system, and, of course, a Canadian license. And I hear a lot of comments that, well, I'm not going to do the Canadian license. I'm going to do UEFA, or I'm going to do a, a U.S. license. Now, having gone through our system, having started the U.S. system, um, maybe at some point want to do a UEFA license. But what, what I would say, though, is for me, and again, a personal opinion, I think that anyone coaching in Canada should take our license. Yes, go out and get your UEFA after. Yes, go out and get a U.S. license after. But I think anyone coaching here should should take this license. Mm-hmm. And you should do that for the players that you're coaching. Because yeah. on that licensing course, you're going to learn what the CSA is looking for in players. You're going to learn the tactics that they're, that they're applying at the youth national team levels. So if you know that, then you can actually truly... Uh, live up to what you promised parents and that you're going to develop that player to get to the highest level. Yeah. If you don't take our courses, if you don't know what the highest level looks like, then you're lying to parents. So so I think taking a, a CSA licensing course shows uh, a commitment to the CSA, to your federation, and it shows a commitment to the young players that you're promising to develop. So that will be my last kind of soapbox comment about coaching yeah. education. Most people that follow me on Twitter know I'm passionate about it, yeah. and, and I support the CSA on it, so so I'll leave it at that. But Well, you know what, and there's, and there's going to be tons of time uh, through uh, the different episodes that we're going to have here on Rabbit Radio, and that's definitely one that'll keep cropping up and, mm-hmm. and we'll keep talking about. We're going to take a break here when we come back, uh, a little bit more in depth with uh, Mr. Miller here, and uh, it, it promises to be a very enjoyable uh, little segment coming up. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, live at First Round Sports Restaurant in downtown Edmonton. We'll be right back. listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back here live, Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton here, downtown Edmonton at the First Round Sports Restaurant. Great place to come. What do you think, JP? Is this a great place to come? It's a fantastic place. It's fantastic. Dre? Do you like this place? It can't be beat. I can't beat it either. I enjoy it. Mr. Miller, have you enjoyed yourself so far? Absolutely fabulous place. Uh, fabulous, fabulous. What'd you get, JP? <laughs> Fish tacos. Fish tacos! That's just going to be an tacos. ongoing joke. It is. We're going to do that every week. <laughs> it is. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I think it's the only thing outside of those uh, mac and cheese. What are they? The mac and cheese deep fried balls, yes. which were fantastic. Yeah. Oh my God, they were good. I have a feeling at the next game, the supporters are going to have a banner up saying something about fish tacos for you, JP. Maybe. I just have this feeling. It's about. It's one of the few things I can eat here, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, and it's good. I have to say, all, all, I've never had bad food here. Since we've no, been coming, they are here. legit. I've said it before. They are legit. Actually, I don't think I've said it on a live podcast. No, but those are legit—the best fish tacos that I've had in the city. There you go. And I get them everywhere. You get them again, everywhere. It's Alberta. Get everywhere. Get them. Yeah. I don't have many. Uh, vegetarian does not have many options in Alberta. No, it's a lot of margarita pizzas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time we've been here, the the service has been fantastic. They've treated us really well, and we're uh, we're happy to do this podcast oh, here. Tons so. of TVs, lots of beers on top, tons of wings. If you're into that, I think it's actually there's 36 beers on top. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't something like seventy something? Well, you know, I thought it was seventy something, but it's seventy types of dipping sauce for your wings. All right, is that's what a lot as well. And, and as, long as, they serve, as long as they serve quality, they do. And that's the Guinness. And, and <laughs> that's the Guinness. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. I think our, uh, our black gold right here. Our man, black the gold. inspector, yes. better known as Andreas yes. Morris, is in drinking the black gold. And as we we'd speak. be remiss to not mention the fantastic staff that are helping us out every no, I, week. I, I, I've mentioned that. Oh. 
I don't listen to you, D-Dub. No, obviously not. Nobody listens to D-Dub. Let's move on then. I forced the listeners to listen to D-Dub. We will move along. So, again, sports restaurant, first round. Downtown Edmonton. I think they also have a, a place in the West Edmonton Mall, so you can you can head there as well. Um, let's move along here. We were going to uh, talk to Mr. Miller. Colin Miller, how you doing? I'm okay, mate, but I, I'm not that, you know, I'll just have to say something about my commitment for this club. I'm actually missing Coronation Street to be here. Oh, come, so that'll show you just how dedicated I am. And we to all know Gaffer has no idea Gaffer, where you know what, PVR. I, I have to. I have to <laughs> I'll say it right now. When I first came to Edmonton. It was Colin who asked me to come here to be the goalkeeper coach, and very appreciative of that fact, by the way. I'm saying it now live on air. It's a, it's a great thing, but when I got here, there was a few things that I had to uh, make sure. A, keeping things clean in the you know of the space, which I'm, I'm pretty cleanly guy. Um, and the other thing <laughs> was to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am! Get on with it, would you? Uh, for goodness and, sake. and the other thing was making sure I didn't interrupt Colin during Coronation Street every evening. <laughs> uh, I can actually tell you a story about that. Um, a few years ago, when Holger Osiek was the head coach of the national team, everyone that knew me knew, do not phone at 2.30, between 2.30 and 3 o'clock, because that was Coronation Street, just before I went to work. So, couldn't believe it. 29 minutes past 2, <laughs> the phone starts to ring, and then the music starts, and I went, oh my goodness me. <laughs> Who in the world could be phoning me at this time? So I go pick up the phone. Hello? And it's Holger Osiek, the Canadian national team coach. Colin, I says, yes. Uh, it's Holger Osiek. How are you? I says, I'm okay, Holger. But you've, and he says, is this a good time to talk? I says, well, actually, Holger, it's not a good time to talk because Coronation Street's just started. <laughs> but since it's you, I'm willing to, chat, willing to chat to you. And that's when he asked me to be his assistant coach. So. <laughs> For that one episode, I, I, I forgave him. Yeah. <laughs> never were you able to get caught up on that episode at another oh, point in time. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I never miss an episode. <laughs> Thank God for the internet now, because you can actually go back and watch the episodes live on the internet. So, um, good stuff in regards to Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what all the listeners are here for. <laughs> they're, they're here to know, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it's part of life. We all do things outside of the sport. That happens to be something that Colin enjoys. That's uh, that's a great thing. Me, it's uh, kiss dolls. So you know, but we won't get it uh, too deep into that right now. Well, we don't we? have to go too deep. That's next week. That's when, next uh, week. Next we, week we'll get we, into the kiss dolls. We're gonna review the concert that we're going to. <laughs> Actually, this guy that's, that's just right. walked in this place, he'll talk to you about it. He's, uh, he's, he's in the Helix. <laughs> you know what? Helix yeah. was a great band back in the day. But we won't get it. We're not here to talk. Uh, rock and roll. We're here to talk football, and uh, we're going to ask Colin a few questions. We got some questions on the internet coming in via um, Twitter, and mm-hmm. uh, so we got some questions we definitely ask him. But Colin, when you first got here, what were your thoughts? I know you were given tapes, and you were asked for tapes of the team. Um, what were your thoughts when you first came to Edmonton? Yeah, the job came about actually, D Dub, uh, when I was helping out at UFE University of Fraser Valley with Alan Errington as the men's coach, and. Uh, uh, I'd heard and, and watched, you know, the, the Eddies play, and I'd, I'd read about them, and, and so on and so forth. And I knew the job was available, but I, I didn't apply for it because obviously having to leave the family and so on. But mm-hmm. I actually asked Len Vickery uh, what his thoughts were on the uh, on the job, and he said just needed a bit of direction. The ownership was fantastic, 
and it would be a good job, a desirable job to get within uh, within Canada. So um, I made some contact to uh, Joe Petroni, and uh, here I am. Uh, but I I contacted Jeff uh, once I'd got the job, mm-hmm. and I asked for. Uh, every game from the year previous and went through them all, watched every game and formed my opinion of what needed to change at the club. So uh, we've every year, I believe, the club has got stronger and better. For sure. And I definitely know that the team has got better every year. Yeah. So uh, it's a work in progress. It always is at every professional football club. But I, I think we can be pretty proud as a, as a club and as a staff and as ownership of uh, this this franchise and, and it's very very highly regarded within the NASL well thought of within the NASL yeah. from a footballing point of view as well and, and we should be very proud of that yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think that uh, there are many, uh, many times in conversations that I've had with you while we've been here that one of the things that really needed to change when we got here was was the culture, and uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm not even so much the culture in the sense that. Well, just, just people needed to change their minds, in particular, I, I would say, more in the office than, than the actual people. Jeff had a great outlook on the game and what he was to expect and, and things like that. And, 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 Dre, you've been here since the beginning of time, so, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, wait, yeah. you're, you're growing a beard. Not on purpose. No, I've just no, noticed it's by that. accident. Sorry, sorry. No, I've, we haven't had a home game, uh, D Dub, so I haven't need to shave. I, I didn't know we were going to be live on Facebook no, 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 this evening. The so beard, the beard works for you. I'm just oh, saying. No, I, thank I, you. I just noticed that it was growing because you've taken that long with the question. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. Sorry, sorry. What were your thoughts on the culture when you got here? I didn't think there was a culture no. at the club, and uh, that that takes time to yeah. develop. You and and without the support of ownership, it's very difficult to to get that culture because if managers get sacked after three or four games there's never a culture at the club mm-hmm. it becomes a sacking culture a yeah. firing culture and with Tom and Dave Fath's support we have managed to develop a culture there's not a team in the league who enjoys coming to to play FC Edmonton at Clark Stadium so that is is a compliment to everyone associated with the club including our fans mm-hmm. uh, but th- there there was a, a softness within the, the group there was a uh, oh, there's a goal against us. That's it. The game must be finished now. Yeah. Seem, it, that's what the impression that I seem to get. Uh, and thankfully, we've now become a very hard team to play against for the most part, week in and week out. We've been pretty consistent over the, the, the four seasons that I've been in charge here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that takes a lot of hard work to do that with between the staff and the players and, and everyone connected to the club. But you, you mentioned the office staff. That's a culture in itself as well. Yeah, and, for sure. And I think for, for long spells, there, there was no culture within the, within the office staff as well. So we all... We all are part of this whole package here at FC Edmonton. Yeah. It can't be an us and them, an office being us and them being, being the football side of the club. So we've now come under the same umbrella, which is fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it makes things so much easier when everybody's of the same mind frame and, and wants to accomplish the same things. Yeah, Gaffer, you're talking about consistency and that you've, since you've been here, we feel that you've, been, that you've, you've had consistent results throughout. What's, what's it going to take now to push us over to the next climb that hill and go over the other side instead of coming back down the hill. Yeah, I think it's all about the signings we make, the players that we bring into the club, Inspector, because uh, if we bring in, with the greatest respect, a poorer quality of player, then results will get, will, will drop. So from day one, uh, we've now we've improved the squad. We're looking at, I mean, when as soon as an international spot comes available, we're inundated from 
uh, agents all over the world desperate for their player to come to FC Edmonton because uh, the, we treat the players very well at our club, as, as has been well documented. But every year, domestically and so on, this is a desirable club to play for and it's a des- desirable club to work for. But, and that in itself helps to sell and it's a, it's a beautiful city to live in the, it gets a wee bit fresh in the winter time but uh, that's, uh, we live with that but it's a summer sport anyway yeah, it's a summer sport for sure but it's going to continue with, the, with our signing policy Inspector mm-hmm. that we go through a, a pretty strict process and, and I can assure you at every level of the game whether you're talking to top players in the world there are no guarantees that a player will settle in and become the revelation that every manager wants him to be so there's you know, some serious successes and some serious failures in world football. So we have the same thing here at FC Edmonton. Not every player is going to be you know, a, 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 an FC Edmonton legend, that's for sure. But for the most part, uh, you know, 60-70% of our signings have made a, a significant impact to the club. And if we continue along those lines, as well as the, the work that JP is doing with the academy, then the club is in very, uh, has a very, very bright future in my mind. Well, it, just just to touch on the player signings things too, um, you know, we're, we're, I'm used to, when I first started here, having 27, 28 on the roster, 29, I think, at one point we had with yeah. uh, with Harry and Hans when they were yeah, here. That's right. mm-hmm. uh, now we've, we've really scaled that number back. Is that intentional? Is that something that you, it's, it's more important to have the right guys in the mix over depth? Maybe even at that point, or or are we looking to get that number back up to 25? What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we need to definitely need to add some players to the squad here in this uh, fall transfer window, and we will do that. We're in the process of the, at the moment of of adding to the squad. The squad is quite bare here. We've got a couple of injuries. Paid, uh, Pablo Cruz is coming back, and Christian Rodales is making good progress. So that uh, hopefully is another two or three weeks away before we see Christian back in the team. But yes, yeah, certainly we need to add to the squad. We're we're very well off Touchwood in the goalkeeping situation. Two very talented young Canadian goalkeepers, and Matt Van Ockel, arguably the best goalkeeper at the moment in the NASL. So, uh, but we will continue to add to the squad. I don't I don't want to have a squad of 30 players and have mm. six players deadwood. Yeah. Uh, there's no point in doing that. Uh, I, I believe very much in what Mark Warburton has done at Rangers where he wants a smaller squad where every player believes they're going to get an opportunity to play at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've got a squad of 30 players and you're number 30 and they're only picking 11 or 12 players then the, the, the incentive for that player weakens. Yeah. So I, I want to keep a squad that's hungry. I want to keep a squad that's uh, intelligent uh, and trains well and professional because mm-hmm. that you know that this group of players that we have is for me the best we've had but it's also the most mature group that we've had and and i think that uh, the atmosphere in the club is excellent at the moment That's, which is which is great to see and I, I i love it when the players come out and they're all in a mood to train it's it's so nice to see because they've been around clubs you and i have both been around clubs where it's it's not the best of feelings coming out you have half a dozen guys that want to play another half dozen that really don't want to be there and and it's just not doesn't doesn't make for a great mix when you're when you're trying to coach um we're going to turn it over to jp who's got a few twitter questions uh for colin um what do you yeah think? well a couple have just come in i think one of the nice things is that we'll we'll try to be as live as we can with twitter yeah and 
and um, and it's great. We're getting some questions. We'll try to answer as many as we can in, in the course of a, broad, a podcast. If we miss some, we'll we'll try to get back to it a week later. JP, I sent a question yeah. in through MySpace. Did you not get it? Or, or just sorry? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't answer why Sweden was so poor. So <laughs> I I didn't have enough time. Move on. So we'll move on. Uh, yeah, we're, we're moving on. on. <laughs> but I'm very quick. Very um, quick. So one of the questions, you know, that's a fair. I think I think if we look at the. Uh, our last game, I think we're, we're, we came out happy to come out with the draw. We thought we deserved the draw. Uh, on our end of things, we did anyhow. And I'll get to the stats a bit later. But one of the questions from one of, the, uh, one of our supporters. Um, so given, given the performance, you know, not, not the best performance by FC Edmonton. Given the performance that we had over the course of 90 minutes, um, what, can, what, are we going to look, what are we going to do differently in training this week to try to prepare for this upcoming game? To bounce back from... What I think even we agreed was maybe wasn't the best. Yeah, the it, was, it was by our standards, Jeff. As you as we know, it was it was a poor performance at times in possession of the ball. Uh, shape wise, we were okay, and and we limited you know a, a very talented Oklahoma team to a few chances. Big Matt made some very good saves, yeah. but uh, I, I think what we will work on this week, of course, is uh, the involvement possibly of two fresh faces coming into the side so we'll have to to work on the team shape that way we'll split the groups this week where uh, I will take the back four and middle three uh, to playing out of the back our our possession was poor at times even though we had 53% possession over uh, them on on Saturday so uh, that was probably the because of them being quite poor as well. Yeah, to be honest with you, it was. Yeah, exactly. I I think what it is. uh, Well, to answer the 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 question, we will continue to work on the attacking side of things uh, a little bit more as the week progresses. Mm -hmm. Certainly, team shape and and finding the balance of of when we go forward, how we go forward, uh, get our our front players and, and attacking midfield players in front of goal as often as they can this week. But uh, always focusing on the on the team shape, even in training, uh, even in the small sided games, people defending well. Because this Fort Lauderdale team, and I watched them today for 120 minutes play against DC United. Uh, they're a talented team. They're a very talented team. We will have to pay them the utmost respect again this week uh, uh, in our preparation. Mm-hmm. But uh, delighted with the point. You know, it just shows the character once again of our team. And I mentioned the culture. Uh, I remember speaking to a player. Uh, last season uh, who played for San Antonio and I think we were down to 10 or 9 men at the time I can't, can't quite recall it but he had never he just couldn't believe the attitude of the players every single time he plays against our team the attitude of never saying die never never lying down to think oh we're just getting beat here yeah. we're just going to yeah. roll over which, and, is, and, which is fantastic for the players it is the passion you see within the players to perform like that uh, especially when they're facing a bit of adversity, either down players or down a goal. I've never seen any of our teams since since we've been here pack it in. They've always, always worked. And you also look at, you know, we've come away and we've played poorly by our standards. Even on the road, we've played some very, very good teams and some had some very good performances away yeah. from home. But you just have to look at Indy. Indy never lost a game in that spring season and and came out the champion. So they were picking up a minimum of a point a game Mm -hmm. at some point. So we've done that in a very difficult venue. It's a horrendous playing surface, Mm -hmm. 94 degrees at kickoff. We lose Dustin Korea through injury uh, about 25 minutes in the game. So you're now down. We only travel with 15 players. And you're down a sub already. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of factors to take into Saturday's performance. Although it wasn't good by our standards and how we want the team to play, 
let's uh, let's look on the positives and 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 be focused yeah. on and not covering it up. We will work on it as yeah, we exactly. do JP with the team. That's right. But the guys know that that. that Saturday summed up FC Edmonton character-wise. Yeah. Now, I know you've got one more question. or Yeah, yeah there's, uh, I'm going to jump into two at the same time here because we can knock off one question quickly. So, uh, But I will say, though, about that game uh, that we've just played, you know, it's interesting because I think it, it's showing a bit of an identity shift for us. We're definitely going to have a defensive mindset and that you're going to have to work to get, to get a goal. But we also attempted 484 passes on the day on a horrendous surface yeah. Yeah, in, in a hot game. And, and so I think that's showing a bit of a switch at FC Edmonton and what we're all about. And, and this team has always been about wanting to keep the ball. And now the lads are buying yeah. in and we've got Absolutely. players that can do it. Yeah. So, so that's important to point that out. Um, you know, you know, I'm just going to say that uh, I, I want to come back to that. All I right. want to come back to these okay. next two questions. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're, we're going to shift right into these next two questions yeah, for Mr. Miller here on Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. Perfect. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back here, Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton at the downtown location of the first round sports restaurant. We were just talking stats uh, uh, a minute ago. Um, JP, you were talking about uh, the different passing stats, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe there was a question on uh, Twitter that came up in regards to stats in general. Why don't you... Uh yeah, it was a question it. earlier about um, Opta is, is the league kind of stats um, provider. Uh, I know they put stuff up every game on the website, on the NESL website, and I think we do post that as well. Um, but anyhow, the, the question was, do we, do we use that uh, ourselves to analyze our opposition, to analyze us, to use, to use stats for us and, and to break down games? And the easy answer is no. We don't use it at the club level, yeah. certainly on the tactical side. You know, we, we use Game Breaker and Instat yeah. um, to build our video, to break down the opposition and whatnot. But great app. You know, certainly I know the fans quite enjoy it. We've seen a lot of the uh, a lot of the diagrams that they use be posted on Twitter as well mm-hmm. by a lot of our fans. So fantastic. They're doing a great job. Um, but for what we need, we, we need a bit more detail. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. But we'll stay on, we'll stay on the Twitter thing. Twitter? Uh, with another question another for Mr. Question, Miller? Yeah, another question for the gaffer here. Um, and this one has to do with the uh, young players. And the question is, uh, this is from Trevor, uh, how do you feel the young guys are doing and what do they have to do to work or what do they have to work on to push into the main squad on a consistent basis? I think generally the young players at the moment are doing well. I mean, uh, I feel uh, badly for Marco Alexic who trains like a bear every day. And is for me, well, for us, Jeff, we both are of the same opinion as with D-Dub that this young man has a very, very bright future. Unfortunately, he plays in an absolutely critical position. Yeah. Uh, and ahead of him in those, in those critical positions is Albert Watson and, and Pap. Uh, they have both been terrific for the most part this season yeah. for us. So, mm-hmm. And it's an area of the park that you don't want to substitute unnecessarily. So uh, Marco's just going to have to be patient. He's doing very, very well in training. Uh, wonderful attitude. Uh, I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of one of his tackles, that's for sure. <laughs> and when I shout at him, I'm about 15 feet away from him in case he starts to run after me. But he is, he's a big bear of a lad, terrific attitude, can pass the ball, can tackle, can head. 
and he just has to bide his time and wait his time to, and be patient uh, for as long as he can be here at the club because our staff are rating him very, very highly. And I know that within the Canadian Soccer Association, they rate Marco as well as, as a, having a bright future as well. And I think once he makes the initial breakthrough into the first team, he could be hard to displace. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree and Alan Zibi, Alan is, uh, you know, we, JP and I offered him a basically a month's tryout uh, over a year ago, Jeff, and, and the kid has been terrific. He, he comes in every day with the same attitude, same work rate, same commitment, and has been very consistent. And, uh, you know, whenever he's come into the first team, uh, for the most part, he has been very consistent. And he has been able to adapt to playing at right fullback. Of course, that's his one of his best positions, and he's filled in admirably at, mm-hmm. at left back. And he can also play in central midfield. Jeff tells me, as a younger player, that's where uh, Alan Zabi had, had played. So mm-hmm. uh, really, really pleased with him uh, as well. So uh, the two young Canadian goalkeepers doing very well. And uh, Tyson had a very good camp with the Canadian uh, group uh, earlier on in the year. Mm-hmm. Nathan has, uh, you know, Nathan Ingham has had a very good spring season. Uh, due to Tyson's injury, of course, it helped bump him up to number two. Of course. Uh, but he has, we're very, very fortunate. We've got three very, very talented goalkeepers in the group. Yeah, uh, which is exciting to see as far as young players go. Um, but what do they do to have to get into the first team? They have to be better than the guys that are playing there. Yeah, consistently. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking for sure that's. I mean, it's like anything else with any young player that that comes into the mix or into a team. It, it is a little bit of perseverance. You just have to. I don't want to say bide your time. You just got to work your ass off and continue to do so in every training session, in every um, pregame. If you're at a pregame, if you're part of the 18 that gets to go and, and be part of the game itself. And when you get on the pitch, whether it's for 90 minutes or whether it's for three minutes, you have to show yourself to be a team player, and, and that's got to be a strength within mm-hmm. what you do in order to get things happening. I was talking to one of a, 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 a player that we can leave unnamed for now. He's on trial with us, and he was talking about Shamit Shom and comparing him to a, a, another 18-year-old on the team that he had just recently played for uh, and said it was night and day. said Shamit Shom is already uh, uh, you know, a mature man you know, in, in a young man's body. said that the, he, 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 was, he was already calling his players that he used to play with and, and just raving about this guy, saying you'll never believe what this kid can do at FC Edmonton. Yeah. Sorry, Inspector Shamit has been fantastic, and is him himself is going to be the, the probably the benchmark of players coming out of our yeah. academy now in terms of maturity and, and discipline and, right. and quality, of course. Because it's uh, not just on the pitch; it's yeah, off the pitch how absolutely. they how they comport themselves. Yeah, we're, we're no longer babysitters in the first mm-hmm. team, uh, that's for sure. And and Jeff and his staff have done a fabulous job with these young players coming in. Uh, the, the group, not necessarily this next group, but the, the younger ones coming out of there, there's a, an abundance of talent coming through the academy. So, But they will have to show these qualities that uh, Shamit has shown here now if they're going to survive in the first team. A great, great role model for the other academy ah, yes, kids, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's actually, you know, there's a great story about Shamit, and this is a great story for young players that, are, that may be listening to this podcast about, about where your future lies in the game and about is it too late. Shamit was a player that uh, wasn't looked at you know, at the U17 level, never got a look here in Edmonton for a national team projects. And it was a phone call to Rob, uh, Rob Gale, um, who, who's a colleague, fantastic coach, and, and just to ask him to give this kid a chance, to give him a look, and he wouldn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said if he disappointed, I'd never call him again about a player. <laughs> and um, so he brought him to France. 
and he brought him on a camp and uh, came back and raved about him. And from that day, since that day, he's been consistently invited to every project with the U18s at that time and now the U20s. Uh, he, he looks to be a fixture in that program, so the sky's the limit for this kid. But it shows, though, you may be missed out, you may miss opportunities. We might even miss you in the FC Hamilton Academy when you're 14, 15 years old. However, at some point, you will get identified if you keep doing the right thing and keep playing the right way. Of course, and I I think that's the biggest thing that uh, yourself and and Colin uh, can tell to young players is just keep working at it. It'll eventually... It'll eventually come to fruition. You'll you'll get an opportunity. I think one of the one of uh, Shamit's many many strong points is uh, he doesn't have a sense of entitlement. I think nowadays young players throughout the world, not just in, in Edmonton by yeah, any yeah, stretch sure. of imagination, but it, I think it's quite disgraceful in, in some young players now. Their sense of entitlement mm. is just unbelievable, um, and I, I, that's something I'd love to see stamped down on in the game. Is uh, that that entitlement to to everything and it's a shame because at the very top level and the you know people paying 50 million pounds for a transfer fee i think goodness me where where's all this ridiculous money going to stop being paid (laughs) exactly and um i just well enough said (laughs) you've got one more question for the gaffer i think question because it's a gaffer i'll go easy i won't i won't uh i won't go i don't like the players like (laughs) i do with the players so it'll just be one question and um, obviously, Euros are going on right now, so everyone's paying attention to that across the world. Um, so we've got Northern Ireland, Ireland, Wales, and England. All on the Euros, all in the round of 16. So I'll ask you then, but this is a legit question. Get on with the question, uh, Jeff. No, 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 this is a legit question. So what is it going to take for Scotland to take that next step and join the rest of the UK in, in these competitions? Yeah, well, we normally go on holiday during these, uh, <laughs> these times, so it's, you know, it's just a, an inconvenience for us at times to continue to qualify for these tournaments. But the, we, we, Scotland have made some, some pretty significant stri- strides over the last few years. Uh, Mark Watt was the director of football, a Dutch lad, who came in for a few years at the SFA, and, and he said a, a couple of years ago that some of the talent coming through with the Scottish national team program, uh, the, the, the future of the Scottish national team is is actually quite bright. And now they're, you know, with Rangers having, now they're back in the Premier League, of course, but now the opportunities at, at, at the times for Scottish players to play at the top level in the Scottish Premier League. I just saw read today that there's three Scottish players just been signed by three English Premier League clubs, uh, 17, 18-year-olds. So, that says already that there is something happening in their professional football clubs, academies as well. So when, you know, in years gone by, the, there was always, you know, one or two Scottish players playing in, the, in the, the old English First Division or Premier League. And for many years that had dried up for sure. But uh, we're now starting to see some changes there with the, with the national team programme. Uh, Gordon Strachan, uh, I hated him when he was at Celtic because he actually did quite well. Uh, but he has actually turned the programme around uh, and uh, he's, he's developed a culture, a club-type culture with the national team where the guys are now actually coming to play for the jersey again. And fingers crossed Scotland qualify for the World Cup here. We're in a difficult group, but a good, the good thing is we get a crack at England twice here. So mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, something to look forward to. If every Scots and English, they, they love that. I've been to the Euro 96 when uh, Gascoigne flipped it over Colin Henry's. I said bad words that day, guys. But uh, <laughs> You bad but, words? Yeah, now and again I, do, I break into that. But I, I think that's what it's going to take, Jeff. The, the, the youngsters coming through are now getting a chance in the Scottish Premier League. The Scottish Premier League is not what it was when I played in it because of the lack of money in the Scottish game, but they're now 
a lot, there's a lot more money being pushed into the football academies. The professional clubs are now spending much more money, and not just spending money, but actually giving these young players a, an opportunity to play. Whereas mm-hmm. before, it would be an influx of foreign players. I mean, during the time that I played in the Premier League, Dundee United had n- a number of Scandinavian players, and the reason they brought these Scandinavian players in, who were good players, but they were considered to be cheaper players than the Scottish players. So the Scottish players get bumped out and, and never played. So if you're t- it's the same thing with England at the moment. There's When I was in the Premier League with, with Derby County, Capello, the England manager at the time, could only select 37 from 37% of the English Premier League. And I think that number has now dropped. You don't see very many English mm-hmm. signings here at the moment. Mm-hmm. And the byproduct of all of that, those foreigners coming into the English Premier League, is the England national team will suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> some great questions there from uh, from Twitter, and keep that up, please. Anything, uh, any subject on FC, anything about football that you want to talk about, we're all willing to, to have a little uh, chat about it. So yeah. just keep, keep them firing away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little community and, uh, and what we're doing within the community. We'll be right back on Rabbit Radio. Listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're here live at the First Round Sports Restaurant in the background. I am hearing. Who am I hearing in the background, musically? Come on. Oh, man. This is. Uh, oh, don't tell me. Joan, I, Joan Jett? She's, no, no. She's, she's from Vancouver. She lived in Vancouver, likes Victoria, just was through here. She's got a huge book out right now. A huge what? A book. <laughs> Patsy Klein. <laughs> Hang on. The media guy is waving to me in the background. Go ahead. You can shout, shout it out. Shout it. Biff Naked. Biff Naked. That's okay, exactly who it is. Right, well. I just I heard it. And, I'm an uh, old-timer, D-Dub. I don't understand this CBGB rock and roll. Oh, Biff Naked's from our era. Yeah, oh, is it? Oh, your era. era. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. You're, okay, all right. Okay. Well, look over there, Mr. Saturday Night. Uncle D-Dub. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I just point out how great it is to be in a sports bar in Edmonton where they've got soccer on the television? I know. So we are, we've, we've got a game it's going fantastic. on here, L.A., Vancouver. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it'll be over. <laughs> That's a good point. Can you hurry up, please? <laughs> All right. We were coming back here. We're going to talk community and to uh, head into the community first. We're going to talk about some of the camps we got coming up. JP, what's them? Yeah. So this summer, um, FC Edmonton will be running free uh, free summer clinics. Uh, they begin this Wednesday. The presenting sponsor is uh, AMA. Uh, and you can find information for that at fcmonton.com. Uh, I know the council will be run by uh, PK, who is, of course, one of our academy staff Paul coaches. Paul Kelly, great yeah. guy. Yeah, he's been around uh, for as long as I've been around. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he's older than me, I think. But, um, no, and also uh, the, the, a lot of the instructors will be our academy players, our senior academy players. So it, it should be great camps. You know, they're well-received the last couple of years. Fantastic. The, I know when our young academy guys get out there, they're, they have a blast with the young kids. Yeah. As well, uh, first team players will be dropping by at every camp, so the, all the camp participants will be able to meet first team players as well. Uh, it should be good. So free fun for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And and that also leads into another uh, Twitter question, actually. Uh, and this one is about um, so in year my first year at the club, when I joined the club, uh, we ran um, uh, more like a soccer school. I guess this was a, an evening program. I believe it was Tuesday, Thursday nights, and it was a U10, U12 program. Um, 
there was a cost involved with this, but it was you know Harry Sinkalev and Hans Schreiber were, were the uh, they ran they were on the field they were running it as well plus about eight or nine first team players, uh, fantastic camps and. So we were asked if we're going to go back to that type of a setup again anytime soon, and the quick answer is no, and uh, the longer answer is no because of facilities. So mm. at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's just not enough facilities in Edmonton to, to support our sport, not enough indoor facilities to support this sport. Uh, we've got the hockey rinks, of course, that, that we, you know, play indoor soccer hockey on, and, and that's one thing, but uh, until there's a concerted effort by, by all stakeholders, but most importantly probably the city, to, to build more facilities for this sport, the most highly participated sport in this city, um, then, you know, a lot of people's hands are tied, not just ours. Yeah, I, I think that's something that really needs to change, too, because you travel to Ontario, you travel to Quebec, you could just go with one province over to Saskatchewan. Even they have a full-sized indoor facility. Yeah, yeah and that's we, run by the city, right? We had to go there for preseason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well said, Jeff, because we... Until we get these facilities, we're always going to be fighting against things. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be enough for clubs like Scottish who are talking about uh, building their own facility? Uh, Victoria talking about expanding what they've got already? This is being built, Victoria. It's it's almost done. But my question is then, is that enough to just have these clubs realizing that they need to do this without backing from the city? Because I believe in Saskatoon, that one's run by the city, and they're making a fistful of dollars off that thing. I mean, we know so, how much we paid for I'm not going to say yeah, that. The hourly ever. rate no. was, was fairly high for It was sure. huge, yeah. huge. So here's, the city loves our sport, but they disrespect our sport. And they love our sport because soccer clubs take, take it on themselves to do all the legwork, all the planning, all the architectural drawings, uh, all the fundraising, most of the sponsorship to build their own facilities. Most soccer clubs build their own facilities. Our club has committed, not our club, Tom Fath and Dave Fath have committed millions of dollars into Clark Stadium. Yeah, for sure. So you look at what soccer does. It, 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 it takes care of itself. It builds its own facilities. It asks for very little from the city. And then flip that to other sports, and all they do is demand from the city. But they get things. Yeah, so I, all they do is demand. They have nothing of their own. They won't commit their own dollars. They won't build their own facilities. They contribute absolutely zero. And I'm sorry if there's people from other sports listening to this. I played football at high school. I absolutely love hockey. I am Canadian. But at the end of the day, the reality is these sports contribute zero back into the communities where soccer clubs contribute tons to the community because they build their own facilities and they fund their own facilities. Yeah. Big difference. I mean, they, they do contribute things to the, to the communities, but not necessarily facilities. Facilities. And that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, great clarification. Yeah. Because obviously they do. I mean, yeah. all, sports are, all sports are valuable for kids. We want kids playing any sport, not just ours, every sport. Mm-hmm. And, and I know everyone sitting at this table here loves every sport. We're all athletes. Of course. Like the game. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when it comes to facilities, you know, I'll, I'll always, again, stand on a soapbox and, and say that the cities do our, do our sport. Well, it's an obvious desperate yeah. need. Everybody yeah, here is involved in sport yeah, recognizes sure. it. Especially, absolutely. especially considering how cold it gets here in those winter months. Yeah, and, harp on Iceland again. I mean, look at how many indoor exactly, facilities right. they have. It's been in the news. So you can't miss it. Everybody's yeah, 30, in love with the country right now. 30 full-size. 30 full-size fields. It's amazing. And 150 smaller turfed venues. Oh, my God. That's, that's so brilliant. For a nation of how many million? Yeah. No, yeah, million. 330,000. 330,000. Right. 330, right. yeah. yeah. I, I believe so. they said London, Ontario is bigger. No. I mean, yeah. incredible. 
Edmonton sure is. The squeaky wheel, isn't oh, it? Absolutely. The squeaky wheel. Three times yeah. Yeah. We have, we have so that as means a soccer community, we yeah. have to make more noise. Yeah, yeah. 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 I totally absolutely. agree with you. Colin. Well, it starts here sure. with Rabbit Radio. Rabbit Radio, yeah. exactly. Well you done, know, boys. Well tweet, done. Tweet, tweet it as much as you can. Tweet the city. Tweet anything you can to see. Talk to your councillors, guys. City councillors. That's who holds the power here. Full size, full size venue for for soccer. Yeah, that's and we're not talking for FC Edmonton here. We're talking for young soccer players. Everybody. That's what we're talking Absolutely. about here. And, and that's what yeah. it would be. I mean, uh, the more they can get on the pitch and play in those winter months Absolutely. in a proper venue, yeah. not a small arena. I'm sorry. I, I guess there's something for the boarded soccer. But, but when we came here, Colin, I saw the boarded soccer and how much effort was put into the leagues and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it's just it's, – it's, it's glorified. It's, it's hockey. Is That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hockey on a turf – Surface and it keeps kids active, but it doesn't teach them the eleven v eleven game. Uh, and, I, and I think right. that for me, more than anything else, is is why we need a full sized venue yeah. here in this city. I've been to, I've done some guest sessions for teams during the indoor season, and they've used half half of one of those indoor rinks. And fair play because it's given us something. Yeah. So appreciate that and what we have, and it's fair enough. And a lot of people enjoy playing the six v six in boarded game. The ball doesn't go to play, so so I know a lot of them play it. But but one coach asked me if I could uh, teach the players power play. Oh my so, God! Wow! Yeah, it was a really good session. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and it wasn't the second, but but that's the issue that we have. So, you know, there's one thing in, during the winter months. The outdoor hockey rinks are those are my understanding. And please, someone tell me if I'm wrong. My understanding though is those are city funded, taxpayer funded outdoor rinks. Mm-hmm. They're they're maintained by the city. The ice is cleaned by the city. They're shaved and and, and always make sure they're top dressed. Nicely groomed. Yeah, and Saint Albert has quite a few. So I'll talk about my community here. Saint Albert has quite a few. Where is the free indoor facility or winter facility for our young soccer players to play in? Because they can't get into a gym without an adult, but a young kid can go in those rinks without an adult. So there's a huge disparity there, uh, again, sure. how we treat That's the sports. At the, and at discrepancy the between the two. There is. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, but listen on the uh, on the note because we we talked about earlier, you know, coaching education and coaching whatnot, and and I think the gaffer made a great point there about about coaching education doesn't just need to be a formalized course. Yeah, it, it, it can be us for sitting here having a pint, you know, talking about the game. That can be coaching education. So on that note, I just want to mention that uh, there's a couple of things going on certainly in the community as well. Uh, Sherwood Park is hosting a, an event, and that event goes on Wednesday. So you need to get a hold of Sherwood. They might not actually hear this, so I'll tweet this. I will tweet this again about their event. I've emailed a lot of people about it, but they've got some guest coaches coming in. So, so that's one venue. Um, I know Tony Fonseca is in town tomorrow that we'll be going to to watch about the game model for the CSA. But the other thing that we try to do, and we try to get involved with the club, not directly affiliated with the club, but the uh, Play Better Coaching Boot Rooms. Uh, we, we try to run these uh, in the city once every six weeks or so. The other one's coming up. A date will be released uh, shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, the plan right now is to have Adam Eckersley come in, and he's going to do a, a Q&A about um, the Development Academy in Manchester United. So for aspiring coaches, you want to know how to teach and coach young players and what are the best of the best doing? Well, mm-hmm. best of the best. Sorry, I'll take that back. I'm talking <laughs> about Man U. Um, <laughs> So what are what are the ones? A lot better signings. Well, yeah. So what are the ones doing that are just about as good as Liverpool? Uh, Adam actually will tell you that. Well, which is good, and you you can throw it out there. It'll be on Jeff's Twitter account. Yeah, Uh, it's at Jeff Paulus. 
What is it? At Jeff underscore? I think it's Jeff underscore Paulus. Jeff underscore uh, Paulus. So. I don't okay. know. There you go. That, that's a Search Jeff Paulus, you'll find it. Exactly. Yeah. A.K.A. the Yard Dog. The Yard Dog. Um, that's great. That's a little bit of our community uh, stuff for this evening. We'll come back right after this. We'll talk Euros. We'll be right back on Rabbit Radio. Rabbit Radio back at you live here at the first round of sports restaurants in downtown Edmonton. Been a very good conversation here with Andreas Morris, Jeff Paulus, and of course Colin Miller, the head coach of FC Edmonton, and our boss, I might add. Uh, it's been great. Really enjoyed this, guys. Um, we're going to continue on here with our coverage of the European Championships. Euros 2016. Uh, JP, where are we at with that right now? Does anybody even care anymore? <laughs> oh, sorry. What, what maybe you, maybe you, JP. Go ahead. Absolutely nobody from Sweden <laughs> right. cares anymore. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I drew Sweden in the uh, team pool. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Did, um, they did better than Romania, I'll give you that. Who I, I drew, drew Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> they had a good run. Did yeah, they? They did. Yeah, not they bad. Did, yeah, they yeah, not yeah. bad. Yeah. They made it to the round of 16 anyways, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Passionate, yeah. passionate yeah. players, yeah. supporters. Great. Yeah. All right. Are they in it anymore? <laughs> I think your team is the only team still in it. Right? I think my team is. Yeah, yeah. Portugal's still in it. Oh, so. they barely. They're barely. I agree. In it, barely in it. I've been thinking yeah. every match that they are out. Every single match. So I, I think yet, Wales has a chance in that game. Oh, I totally honestly. do. I, I, I totally do as well. I feel really bad for uh, Brandon on our on our team pool because he drew Scotland. Thought he had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it was either them or Argentina. <laughs> Brandon was the easiest one to trick. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, I'm thinking of the games. Yeah. Right, uh, so just who played? Well, the games, obviously, Portugal in, in Portugal over Poland. Yeah. And did anyone even watch that? I tried. I had to because yeah. it's like, did you just my eyelids. Yeah, exactly. It was bad. Yeah. So, um, Wales uh, 3 1 over Belgium. That's a good game. Fantastic. When you guys were flying to yeah. Oklahoma, I got left behind for a few hours, so I managed to watch it. So You got left great. behind? Yeah. Oh, they, you didn't hear that either? No, yeah, I didn't hear that. The flight was overbooked, so uh, Jake Keegan was left behind. And once uh, Jeff told me that, I think it was you, Jeff, that told me that. Tommy. Oh, Tom, big Tommy uh, told me that Jake had been, he's still in the, the waiting area because they've oversold the flight. I swapped seats with him, so oh, I got a wee yeah. voucher from... United Airlines for yes, $20 yes. for the worst food I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Is that what they gave you? Oh, $20. Go buy yourself something nice, they said. <laughs> that's, not, that's not all they gave you, though. That's, that's not, not all they gave me. Let's be honest. They gave me a $600 voucher. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so, sad. That's sad. Yeah. 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 was knocking yeah. over old women yeah. to get to the front of the gallery. Yeah. Yeah. Now we hear the truth comes out. When I went up to the front of the plane, because they had said it was $500, and I went up to the front of the plane, I said to the... The flight attendant says, so is it still $1,000 for this? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, no, get out. (laughs) All right, back to the Euros. Back Back to the Euros. 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 Sorry, boys. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Really, what was going to be the game uh, of the quarters, Germany and Italy, and I don't think it disappointed too much. The Germans played like the Germans, and the Italians 
played like the Italians outside of their the game before that against Spain, where they were quite good. Um, but they they played for. I mean, Italy played for PKs. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. It was a, it was a good game. It was a fun yeah. game to watch. Very tactical. Very. Uh, very much a chess match in, in what they were trying to do and yeah. how they were trying to play. Yeah, but, I've heard uh, nothing but good things from... Uh, I didn't actually see the game, unfortunately, but I, I've heard nothing but good things from from the Azuri fans saying, you know what, like we can hold our heads high on, on oh, this yeah. tournament. Yeah. So yeah. It, it couldn't have been a snooze fest. It probably wasn't No, good, it was, it was very exciting. For one one draw. Yeah, yeah. yeah you speak about, we spoke about culture earlier on. You could see the Italian culture of being hard to break down was was there for all yeah. to see yeah. and it was interesting I, I thought uh, I thought it was a reasonably entertaining game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tactically it was was interesting as well and and when it came yeah. down to the the, the, the PKs too uh, you just especially cuz they kept mentioning over and over again how Germany's never beaten Italy in any of these larger competitions and and so to see it go to the penalty kicks and they were on the cusp at one point of not well, of being knocked yeah. out italians should Come maybe on. not play for pks <laughs> well, definitely <laughs> definitely don't sub on a player specifically to take a PK, yeah, right. and he essentially does the silly walk on his way up to the ball. <laughs> I've, I've seen put the, so many jokes oh, yeah. of that one. Yeah. Like, come oh, on. Or really? how about the other? I'm sorry, I forget. I, I don't know his name, but he calls his shot, and yeah, then he completely Pile, shanks it. Yeah. Pile. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it was a ministry of funny walks, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, uh, coming up to take that. Right. Yeah, it was perfect. It was yeah. absolutely perfect. So, okay. All right. <laughs> Next yeah, the next was uh, it was over before it started. No one even. <laughs> yeah, five two France. We all called it. I called. I believe I called a three nothing win here last week. I think you did. I think you did. Yeah. yeah so I'm disappointed that I mean, I was it wrong. was nice to see Iceland score a couple, but you know that yeah. France could have uh, shut the door if they wanted to. France, no, they France did. You they, don't think they, so? Eh? No, they could have. They, oh, yeah, they could have shut the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah they made some yeah. subs. They were worrying about yellow cards at that point, yeah. so they, yeah. they wanted to stay in good shape. But, you know, Iceland tried till the bitter end. I think they didn't even throw in the towel until maybe no. they brought in who was his name, uh, the former Chelsea guy, uh, yeah. Good Johnson. Is that what it is? Yeah, I thought he meant Drogba. <laughs> yeah. Iceland's bringing out no, drugs. They, they, they might have noticed that. Wait, that guy's not Iceland. Yeah, right. on. Yeah. <laughs> Just a nice tan. Story of the tournament for me. Yeah. Iceland. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. what a great story. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just we before yeah. while we were on air here, we were watching kind of the highlights of them coming home to their to their fans. The whole country must have been in this square, and they're all doing that. What are they calling it? The Viking clap. Yeah, amazing. Clap. Fantastic. The whole crowd. Ninety-eight percent of their it. country watched. That's fantastic. Ninety-eight percent. Fabulous. Absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. they keep on growing that program now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing everything the, yeah. the right way. They've won some. They've yeah. won some serious hearts for yeah. sure. Definitely. Which is great. So, so now, what do we look forward to with those? Uh, so semifinals teams? predictions. Semi- semifinals. So we got yeah. semifinals. Now uh, we're going to air the show. Is going to be aired on after yeah. the two games are played. Of course. So, uh, it's Wednesday, Thursday that the games are going to happen. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So it, we've got uh, Wales and Portugal, and DW has to go. For for Portugal, I'm going to say one nothing Portugal. Okay, that sounded like a begrudging. Uh, well, it's because I think Wales has done a really good job, yeah. and Portugal—they've just not 
performed. They've not well. won a game in ninety in the ninety minute regulation no. time. They have yet to win a game. They have they've drew all five. Yeah, in yeah. regulation I, time. I, I honestly yeah. think that uh, that that Iceland did Wales a favor in this tournament by taking a lot of pressure off Wales because yeah. we'd all be talking about Wales being the Cinderella story That's and how right. great that is. But no one's really talking about Wales. I think they've got a shot against Portugal. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm the only reason why I'm going for Portugal is because I drew, <laughs> so you want to win I the money. I got a team pool. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ramsey's going to hurt them. Not having Ramsey yeah. available. Will oh, yeah, that'll hurt. hurt. And point. the most ridiculous rule in professional sport yeah. is that yellow card rule. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, it's I shocking. agree. Absolutely yeah. shocking. As soon as you come out of the round, it should be finished. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure. Yeah. But there, uh, it was interesting, guys. I saw or uh, I heard a terrific interview by Gareth Bale today uh, on the BBC, and, and he was the, complaining about it being a Ronaldo versus Bale Cup final, and he built up. The, his teammates and his team and his staff and everyone surrounding Wales and I think for me that will be the difference on uh, in this particular game I think you've got a team that uh, uh, has got that special one in their group but they play as a team yeah. they play as a team whereas Portugal like JP just said there they haven't won a game in regulation time here and I think that'll come back to bite them I think, I think Wales could sneak this here, and you're right, Inspector. I think they've flown just under the radar yeah. here, and I think they've got enough teammanship in their group to be able to pull this one off. No, that's a good point. I, you can see it. You can see that they've got. I mean, Portugal now has that one individual star. Of course, Nani is in there, and they, Pepe or whatever. Sure. They've got some players as yeah. well, but they're not a unit like the Welsh. No, you, no. you don't have your lunch pail guys, right? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Portugal. I was I just wondering, this you, one. you guys died. You just sort of died. They just stopped. It, it did just stop. Oh, we made our points, and we've kind of been going all night. Carrying the show. Yeah. Yeah. You never, I don't think they gave scores. So I don't think they gave scores. No, I've heard nothing about scores. Right, I didn't the know we were score? predicting your own. Well, we usually do. prediction right off the bat. Well, you, you did. Okay, well, I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go 2-1 Wales. B, B, before you leave. B is the lovely lady who's been taking care of us. Who's going to win, Portugal or Wales? And say it loud. Scotland. <laughs> Don't say Scotland. Well, oh, get out, get B. out, B. What does she say? Portugal? Send A Portugal. back in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going. I'm going Portugal two nothing. Portugal two nothing. Unfortunately, Gaffer. I'm going Wales. I was. I was going to go the same score as the inspector here. But uh, I'll go one nil Wales. Okay, you, you can actually go the same score. We yeah. we, we well, determined I'll go, that last week. I'll go week. two one because that's what two I one? thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very Great good. Mind sink alike, Inspector. Nice. That's the way it goes. And now the next magical game, of course. Yeah. France, Germany. Yeah. That's that's. I'm it just has excited a nice to ring see to it. it actually, I'm just yeah, excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, it's actually the final. They're going to change it this year. <laughs> uh, France and Germany are playing for for number one, and the uh, the Wales Portugal game. They're playing for third. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm thinking, and I, I hate to go against you, man. I think that's it's going right. to be it's two okay. to one Germany. Two one Germany. Yeah. Okay. okay, that's what okay. I say. Okay. Well, I'll, I'm going to go against Dub and with JP on this. I thought, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Iceland. Um, they, they, but, but France should have beat Iceland. Yeah. I don't know should. if they should have beat them five two. Right. But they look so impressive doing it. At the first half, I, I agree. If they can play the entire game. Like the first half, then the score is going to be different in that Germany I game. I think yeah. just France can score goals, man. They can score goals. And I think uh, I think they will score goals. I think Germany is going to struggle to score goals. Ah, 2-0 France. 
Wow, two nil for Edge. Yeah, yeah I, I think both both teams have been fabulous. Great to watch. Great mm-hmm. to watch. So entertaining. The French team shows no fear when they attack. I just think. I just believe the discipline of the German team might be the difference here, and, and I'm going to go for Germany 2 0. 2 0. But it won't be easy, I tell you, because they will have to fight tooth and nail all the way, because oh. this is arguably one of the most talented French sides that there has ever been. Mm. They have a bit of everything. I just think that that discipline, that German discipline, might be the difference here. Yeah. And JP, of course, it's obvious uh, just the yeah, scoreline. I'm going to take, but so I'm going to take, I mean, obviously, I'm taking France, and I'm taking France 2 0. And I'm doing that, though, for a couple of reasons. One, Hummels is out, and he's the German leader in the back line. He's the most important player for that team, and he's out. Um, Kadir has got banged up. Don't know if he's going to play. I heard and, he's not. And, yeah, me too. And, and the one player that I thought could truly hurt the French back line, which is our weakness, for the most part, it's, been our, it's, it's what everyone says is our weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, the one player that could hurt them was Gomez, and he's out. He's, yeah. not, he's out for the tournament. So, so they've lost their key guy, out too? and he might be out as well. But I think if you look at so, so those two key guys for me, the guy that can hurt France and the guy that can help them defend France are both not playing. Mm-hmm. And then I think if France's asset in that first half against Iceland demonstrated their absolute pace in attack uh, at so much pace. And if you look at the German team, the one criticism you can give this German team is a lack of team pace. Yeah, for sure. So I think they're in for a long night. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Euro uh, predictions made. Uh, again, we'll all know it before this airs, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it in our next broadcast. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, talking NASL. back rabbit radio live at the first round sports restaurants in downtown edmonton what is it it's 104th street or avenue i can never remember that avenue and so just off uh, what is it 110th street 109th 110th no you're right 110th right yeah. next to McEwen university great place to come great down location. bring the family you can bring everybody enjoy some good sports on the uh, television some great food and some great service yeah. Always fun. NASL is what we're talking about right now. Let's talk about the week that was. JP, the games from last week. All right, we'll go through them. First of all, we got all of our predictions wrong. Okay. So, <laughs> surprise, You know what? Uh, some predicted the right the right uh, result, just the wrong score. Oh, okay. So, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, first game, Fort Lauderdale hosted Miami. They played to a 1-1 draw. You know what? I actually watched that game, and I was impressed with Miami, actually, for the first half. They yeah. they look like a team. They actually look like they've, I don't know, done something in the offseason to try and get a little <laughs> a, a little bit together. Yes, uh, they they spend spend money. Right. <laughs> yes, they have. But they, yeah. uh, they definitely looked better on the pitch as far as their movement and what they were doing with the ball. Uh, I think they'll sort it out. I think, they've, they've, uh, I think the manager will sort it out. And I think they brought them in. They've brought in good players. Yeah. You know, they've spent money, but they've brought in good players. And certainly Richie Ryan didn't play this last game either. Uh, he must have been injured. So that's without Richie Ryan, but they still had LaHood out there. They had a far fan who they just took away from the Cosmos. So yeah. they're they're taking the piss out of the Cosmos right now, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> as far, they're, as, they're far as the buying laugh. goes. Yeah, yeah LaHood as well. So they're, they're having a laugh. And... Um, and Poku, you know, is there now. Yeah. So those are four. He didn't get in, though, did he? No, I don't think uh, Poku don't, didn't play. He, I think he was on the roster, but he, I don't think he got in. I'm trying to remember now, watching the game, whether he got in or not. 
We should check that. For some reason, I thought he was on the roster. Well, maybe. Well, why don't we get yeah. our, uh, our, yeah. Can you our, get back our to flying us media uh, guy? Somebody wake, yeah. Jimmy. Somebody wake James up. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. James, the media guru so, in the background. Yeah, I thought he out. played for some reason. Okay. But, um, but at any rate, you might whether he did or not, but right. when you add, when, and if any team in this league adds Richie, Ryan, Lohud, Farfan, and, and Poku, you're going to be significantly better than you were. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, significantly better. They drew Fort Lauderdale. So. No, I know. It's going to take time. Yeah, they have to work steps, it out. Baby uh, they got to work it out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Considering where they out. were in spring. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. it was a definitely a good yeah. outing. Yeah. yeah. So. But, okay. Uh, Cosmos, uh, a 2-1 win over Ottawa. And, of course, DW texted me the main uh, highlight uh, of the game. The main highlight of the game was uh, Pizer getting a red card in the ninth minute, I believe it was. Tenth minute, something All like right. that. Early. Extremely early to, to lose your goalkeeper and go down to ten men. That really hurt um, hurt Ottawa for sure. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I think there were moments in the game where there were some... Critical errors. Former uh, former FC Edmonton uh, Milan Roberts made a couple of errors mm-hmm. that uh, proved fatal. Um, one in particular, which caused a goal or was contributor to the goal, wasn't the right. co- main cause of it, but a contributor to it. Um, Eddie Edward was in the lineup as well, which was yeah. uh, another former FC Edmonton player, and uh, they had moments where they looked good, even at ten men. They were still able to get forward. This is definitely, I know we've spoken about it before, it's definitely yeah. not the New York team of old um, no. as far as their play goes. They can still score. They have some firepower for sure. Mm-hmm. But players, uh, yeah. they didn't look totally totally what I thought. I, Dominant. I, no. I mean, and, it, and yeah. it was 2-0, honestly. I didn't see the last goal, so it had to have happened very late. I, was, I had a whole bunch of different right. games up on the screen, so... I, th- I think, uh, well, the first thing that stuck out looking at the, the roster sheets for those games were on their back line, three out of four were FC Edmonton, yeah. ex-FC Edmonton players, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but they started five Canadians oh, that's in that cool. game. The five Canadians started that game, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, again, you know, sport in Canadian soccer, I think it's great to see these young kids playing. Not young. They're not young kids. Uh, they're older players now, but fantastic. Yeah. Next. Uh, Next up from New York. Puerto Rico. Uh, Home opener, team opener, one-one uh, against Indy. It looked pretty good. I watched that game. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm actually speaking about the pitch here. The pitch looked good, which surprised me. I remember going back, going to Puerto Rico in 2011, right. and it was horrendous. It was hmm. horrendous. But it looks like they spent some money on the on the grass. What is it called? Raul Lamon Lubriel. I can't remember the name That's of the it. stadium. Yeah, that, I think yeah. I nailed it. Juan Ramon. Nailed it. Wasn't <laughs> it Juan Ramon? Juan Ramon. Lubriel. Yeah, it is. Something. It's Juan Ramon. Oh, the old one. There's three names. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It looks uh, it looks a lot better than it did back in 2011, and the fans look great. They had nice support. Good. Um, and even I noticed, I think I said this off air, I noticed that Indy, uh, uh, Indy 11 brought some fans with them as well, which is really cool to have mm. traveling fans. I know they, they went a long ways. And, 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 you know, you can't fault them to choose Puerto Rico as their uh, away oh, no, trip. I, but, yeah. uh, I'm ho- I might travel as a fan for that one. But, I mean, we, we <laughs> talked about it, uh, you know, before. Indy managed to get another point. You know, it's not easy traveling to Puerto Rico. I think a lot of teams will complain just as much about traveling to Puerto Rico as they do about traveling to us. Maybe a little bit less because it is Puerto Rico. Right. Uh, But to travel that far and then get a draw in that heat and, and you know, the, the team's opener... Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a pretty good result, Frank. There, sure there, there were times in that match, though, where Indy was inside their 18-yard <laughs> box against 11 guys and couldn't score. Yeah. Like they, they had some unbelievable moments where they were 
pressure, 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 and and it just wasn't happening. And then there'd be they, an they odd can ball. Prove they come can out just and, barely get there and still win it. Yeah, know? true enough. True enough. Mm-hmm. Next up, Tampa Bay hosting uh, Jacksonville. Um, I didn't see any of that game. Yeah, None another of it. Florida derby. Yeah. I think they get one like once a week in this league. There's a Florida Derby. <laughs> There's absolutely so in other words, it was a draw. Yeah, one one. There. But I think they sold out Tampa Bay. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that it helps. Another franchise that's getting uh, really well, great support. Eh? Yeah, and it helps when you have Flo Rida play a uh, concert at the end of the game. Is he, is he a big name? I saw that. Huge. I, I yeah. have no idea. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Massive. All, he's also, no Biff Naked though, right? No, he's not Biff Naked, but all the kids love him. All the kids love that guy, okay. Flo Rida. Uh, Minnesota, five, Carolina, one. Uh, that was close to a prediction made by uh, somebody in this group. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I, think the rest of, I think the rest of us were all sort of in agreement that Minnesota would probably take that one. Yeah, you know, I think we're all in agreement. Uh, in agreement, and certainly I predicted a high score on that. I just think uh, Minnesota's going to kick on here a little bit. I, I think they underachieved first, first season. Mm-hmm. Again, they've got a good roster. Everyone knows that. It's no problem. Yeah, new head coach. And that yeah. goalkeeper issues. Those I think the two things we pointed out last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it looks like they've uh, shaken off the cobwebs a little bit. Yeah, well, five-one helps. And, and I think they're Huge. really they're going to really make a push to. I mean, as they're going MLS, is it next year they're going MLS? Yeah. Uh, is, well, I'm not sure it's officially been stated for next year yet. I still think it's discussed. Oh, okay. is that right? Unless, okay. I've not seen an official announcement that it's next year because it could be the year after as well. Oh, no kidding. So. Okay. Yeah, good to know. Right. Well, my yeah. thought, my thoughts were that you, you, Great. as far as fan base and stuff goes, you're going to want to make a push. Yeah, well, they had eighteen thousand in their game against the uh, Mexican team. Oh, yeah, they're, they're wow. getting some good friendlies, aren't they? They're getting yeah, some they high-profile friendlies are. there. Yeah, that, I, I think I just saw that they announced that they're going to play Bournemouth in July. I think so as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's good for them. Also, a rumor that a bear might be coming back. Oh, is that for, right? Yeah. For, oh, this, for this uh, fall for season. Fall season. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's Where good. did he go again? I can't remember. Oh, Two million dollars, uh, wasn't it? To yeah, some Mexican it's, it's Mexican oh, first Mexican division yeah. club. Okay. Yeah, right. I just I can't remember the name of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and of course, uh, the final game uh, was was ours. Yeah. Rio and uh, FCE. Yeah. What was it? it was I it? think it was a lot like uh, the the. Uh, I mean, I was sitting on the comfort of my own couch watching it, so I'm not the best to 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 say my piece, but I'm gonna anyway. Uh, it reminded me a lot about the uh, of the first game of the season where yeah. you know it was uh, we were down to ten men in that game, so it was a little bit different. But we, we struggled to make anything happen, and then you just can't you couldn't count us out. That's right. You, to the very end of that first game of the season, you thought we had a chance here, and I had that same thought sitting on my couch, thinking, well, you know, we're not done here. We're not yeah. done here. Ninety third minute, lo and behold, Gustavo with this yeah. miracle shot. It was it was brilliant. It was uh, it was a uh, it was. Just as a just as a spectator, it wasn't um, it wasn't an edge of your seat kind of game, but man, was it great to see that goal going? Because I mean, oh, yeah. the loss is so much worse than that draw sure. on the road. That draw yeah. on the road is huge. Absolutely, it's a valuable point. Yeah. It's a valuable point. You know. And I have to go back to Gustavo. You mentioned that uh, his his striking of a ball he, in, in training sessions. People out there, if you're listening, this lad can hit a ball. I have not seen him miss the goal when we do uh, – there's, there's elements in our training session where maybe at the end of a session, uh, Colin will take a handful of players, most of the strikers and midfielders aside, and just have them work on different angles in front of the net where they're striking balls, and I have yet to see Gustavo miss the target. He is phenomenal at striking. Yeah, we, we great need to, technique. We need to see, need to see more of it. 
Great. Yeah. Leather boots, I think. Did Le- yeah. Le- yeah. Leather boots. So that concludes what happened last week of the NSL. Now we are moving forward to the week that will be first up is Jacksonville against Puerto Rico, I believe. Yeah, Jacksonville's hosting. Uh, Jacksonville hosting. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I would... Again, I just don't know what Puerto Rico is going to be like on the road. Their first trip out. It's not yeah. a long trip, so um, I don't no. know. I, might, I, I think I'm still going to lean towards uh, Jacksonville a little bit on this one. Just, just having a bit of go experience. With the home team. Go with the whole yeah, team. Yeah, it should be a good game. It should be even game. Um, Jacksonville, I think, has made some changes as well to their lineup, to their roster for this season. So it'll take them a bit of time to organize things and sort things out with the new players. Yeah, who knows? I mean, Puerto Rico's been training a long time together as a unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure they've played a ton of friendlies. That's your high quality friendlies, but and, and that's what I think. Uh, I think they we're not going to national see. team though. Did I, they? Yeah. I, I don't think we'll see the best of Puerto Rico until probably midway through the season, just yeah. for that, because I don't think they've played enough games. Watching the match that they played on the weekend, you could tell that they were rusty in play and yeah, just playing the game. Yeah, so I think that'll it'll come for sure. Yeah. Next up, uh, Carolina's hosting Tampa. Carolina Tampa. Uh, I think Tampa was uh, was. I think Tampa should have gotten a better result this past weekend against Jacksonville. So right. I, I'd like I'd like to see Tampa bounce back in that game. I think uh, I, I I was actually surprised that Jacksonville got a point out of that game. Mm-hmm. So either credit Jacksonville or or Tampa's got to pick up the bootstraps <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, Carolina's, Carolina's got to do s- something here to turn their season around. They started so well. I know. They started so well, and then it hasn't gone well for Colin Clark since then. So hopefully they can get back into the stride. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Any thoughts at all? No? Um, next up. The Indies hosting Minnesota. Indies hosting Minnesota. Yeah. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a barn burner, I think. It'll be fun to watch that one on the Saturday. Yeah. As long as it's not on CBS because, you know, as you know, <laughs> up here in Canada, we can't seem to get that channel. So. That's a good point. That, that is a good point. Thank you for actually. pointing that out. I just yeah. thought I'd throw it out there. I think you know, it's very well worth pointing out, <laughs> to be honest. Shocking. I think it would be awfully, awfully nice if a CBS Sports Network could uh, actually do something to uh, to allow us to uh, watch the broadcast yeah, that, here in or Canada. The North America in the North America Soccer League doesn't include Canada. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Minor detail. I mean, I am a teacher, and North America typically for me does include our country, but, you um, <laughs> know. Okay, uh, so I, I still, I mean, I, I, I fancy that Minnesota lineup. I fancy the way that they play, so I think that'll be tough for Indy. I do. Yeah, I think, but I think yeah. it'll be a good game, though. I mean, I think uh, that they're going to give Minnesota everything they can handle, for sure. Yeah. And if Carl's listening, then I wonder what you're going to do with your hair this game. Um, <laughs> what, did, what did he do? Did he do something funky with his hair? He always does. He's a punk rocker, man. He always does something funny with his Carl, hair. you rock. <laughs> Here, listen from DW, the rock star extraordinaire here in Edmonton. You rock, Carl. He is a self-proclaimed yeah, but I was just going to say, yeah, but I was going to say, D Dub's a self-proclaimed uh, king of rock in yeah, Edmonton or whatever right. he called himself there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going too far. In the that, that might be I Spruce think, Grove yeah, where well, he lives. Right. But that might be just our his house. Own car. <laughs> My house. Um, next up. Next up is Miami hosting New York. <laughs> Miami hosting New York. Crickets. <laughs> It's like the retirement thing. Isn't that where the New Yorkers go to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I know. So they can all go to their uh, summer homes. Half and... their team already owns a house there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, again, I I think I think Miami's going to do better in the in the fall season. I'm not yeah. saying they're going to beat the Cosmos or anything, but I think they'll be a better team this season. I think yeah, that'll so, be a good test. That'll I think be a so. very good test Absolutely. to see how the team is yeah. gelled against Absolutely. the Cosmos there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then Ottawa is uh, hosting Rail. And we all know why I will go for Ottawa in this particular game. Uh, they're down their keeper, though. Remember that. Yeah, I know. I don't mind the other guy. The the other guy's a Canadian guy. Yeah. You know, I think he's a decent keeper. He played against us. He looked okay. He looked a little shaky at the start when he got in, but yeah. yeah. Was, nerves. First yeah, game. for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think they'll be fun. Any thoughts? No? Well, yeah, no. I think, um, I mean, always hope for the best for Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this league yeah. would do well to uh, get a couple more Canadian teams in it. So I'd love to see Ottawa do uh, a little bit worse than us. Uh, yeah. I, I hope they're in second place and we're in first at the end of this fall season. Um, I know. Just, I, I, you know, I think uh, we, we, have to look out to, we have to look after our cousins. I think um, this, honestly, like you say, it's a North American league and, uh, yeah. and we get we get kind of uh, cast aside a couple times. What do you uh, mean Ottawa and Edmonton are in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. oh, wouldn't, wouldn't that, that be mean? something? Wouldn't that yeah. be something? Dream come true. <laughs> I think I should get the anthem sung properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Just don't bring up from Oklahoma. Oh, oh my God. Or Indy. <laughs> or Carolina. The, the yeah. final game of the week will be FC Fort Lauderdale. It'll be, yeah. it'll be the same as it was the final game of the spring. It was a battle from start to finish, and you know what? It yeah. doesn't matter who comes into our uh, our house; it's going to be a battle. Yeah, it's our house. house. Expected, but it is our, our house. house exactly. So be ready to play. Yeah, well, the schedule makers had a laugh there, didn't they? Yeah. Come to Edmonton and then go on a bit of a break yeah. and then come back to Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always fun. That's always a yeah. – let's, let's have that good double flight trip uh, coming away. The good news for them is probably going to be 20, 22 degrees. Beautiful day, so fans should come out for that one because it's going to be fantastic. And I think yeah. there's a hint of uh, some sort of – uh, a movie going on afterwards, right? Oh, yeah. Let us know about that. What's yeah. going on after the game? It is uh, come for the game, stay for the movie. Ah, uh, a little M and M. You like that? I do. Um, and the movie yeah, is what's the movie? It's Minions. 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 So we're, we're attracting the, the family crowd. Yeah. So on it'll the, be uh, hosting on the big screen. As soon as the game is done, I guess they'll get all the uh, again. The kids will come on the field, meet the players, get autographs, do all that, and then they'll um, they'll start the movie. I think. I think Brandon and John Vinci will be handing out popcorn during it. <laughs> I, think, I think we commissioned them to do that. Yeah. They won't be busy. I'm we not know sure that if that's much. for sure. Oh, for sure. I think I've heard that rumor. And, and the, if it's yeah. Brandon handing out, it'll be healthy popcorn, it'll too. It'll be healthy so. popcorn. And if it's John handing out, it'll be empty bags. <laughs> <laughs> but all joking aside, what a great uh, what a great screen M31, our broadcast uh, uh, partners have, to the watch Titan. a movie on. That's going to be something. They should have shown the Titan on the Titan. That would have been shown great. The Titan on the Titan. How clever am I? Yeah. You are a clever boy. There was yeah. a couple of more internet yeah, questions. Just a couple we'll, of just, things. We'll finish off up. with uh, some of these questions from yeah. the internet. So we missed this one last week, and we're asked. Um, this is a friend of mine actually down in Calgary. You know, he's a very good coach in his own right, and and he asked, uh, "What is the most common missing element in today's local player? Leadership, communication, left foot, reading the game, etc." So he had some. He had some thoughts, but but certainly it's open. You know what we think the biggest thing. I, for me personally, I think the biggest thing we're missing is um, soccer awareness. I think we, we teach technique in isolation. We don't teach technique within the confines of the game. And thus, players don't read the game. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, anyhow, that, that's, that's what I would say. But I'll throw it out there. Yeah, I, I would say the culture as well as that, the culture. Yeah. Getting the best in with the best as early as we can. 
Yeah. And that's, that's how we're going to succeed, is getting the best team of the best. Elite is a bad word in Canada at times, and I think we should uh, get the best team of the best as early as possible, as often as possible. Now how do you do that? Through combines? Through uh, scout? Who, did people need to go out and scout youth yeah, games? How does it happen? There's, I mean, you could you could have, I mean, in the olden times and in BC soccer, as an example, there were uh, there was a group of players that trained together, upwards of 30 players that trained, and then they trained all the way through the summertime until it was time to go to the the, the, the nationals, and then the head coach picked 18 players. So even though, because uh, what I feel is wrong at times is. Joe Smith pays his X, Y, Z of dollars in February and the team's not selected until such and such a date. And then, But you're on the team because you've, you've paid the amount right. of money, whereas this kept it all the way to the end and it was actually the best players at the end of the day. Because you wouldn't look, you look at, the, at the national team level, you don't pick a player because he's playing well in, in, July, in January if the, if the next qualifier is not until October. Mm-hmm. Or if he hasn't scored a goal and somebody else has rattled in six. So uh, keeping, keeping the best players training together as often as they can, I think that's one way of getting a the culture, the elite players, whatever club they play for. We do it here at, at our academy, of course. We've got the, the best of that world there with our, our players. Uh, but if we can do that in other areas, then it's going to help the game. And hopefully keep yeah. the Canadian players at home in the North American Soccer League and the, and the Major League Soccer, keep yeah. them close to home. Because I think, I mean, so often our guys go up to Turkey or Romania or Croatia or wherever, uh, Malaysia, and I think they have a tendency to get lost out there a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, um, for sure. So if you can keep your eyes on them and develop the, the North American leagues here and keep them at home, I think you've got a better shot at it. I would say now is probably the most exciting time in Canadian soccer with five professional clubs here now with the, the MLS clubs having, you know, being part of the North American Academy system and, and ourselves doing such a terrific job with our academy kids. Unfortunately, we live on this island called Edmonton and we're so far away from top quality opposition and it is so expensive to, to go and travel there. That's one negative side of our, our development as a, as a club. But uh, Ottawa Fury, of course, they've had a fabulous academy system going, going back a number of years. And uh, I just think it's an exciting time if I was a young elite player or somebody that had aspirations of being a professional football player in Canada. Now's as good a time as has probably been since the old NESL days uh, or the old CSL days, even more so, uh, where you, the Canadian players were getting a chance. That's great. You had one more yeah. question, I think, from the internet. Yeah, just quickly, uh, just on that one, just fast. The CSA has come out, so so how you create that and the elite players, they've been very clear. I mean, when the Wellness to World Cup came out, the player pathway, the new player pathway also came out. And the CSA, Tony Fonseca, is speaking tomorrow about, our, about the new CSA game model. And uh, so him and part of his technical staff have been very clear. So, so grass, from grassroots, get promoted to club soccer. It's the role of club coaches to develop those players to put them into professional academies. It's our job in professional academies to get those players either to the higher academy or to a professional or to a national program. And, and, that, and then from the national programs slash academies into full first teams. So the player pathway is clear where elite players need to play. And at some point, we should see one of the five professional academies in Canada at this point. So, anyhow. Uh, second question was, um, this was one that came in. Uh, how are we for time, DWR? Uh, yeah, squeeze in, but okay. yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, 
This one will be for the gaffer. This is another uh, internet question, Twitter question. How was the experience for the players in Scotland, and uh, what have they taken from that into the season? Yeah, I think overall the experience uh, for the players and the staff was was very enjoyable, was very good. Uh, we went to a culture that uh, didn't that doesn't care too much about certain other sports that we have in North America. You pick up the paper and there's 10 or 12 pages of, of uh, football with a round ball. Uh, and uh, I, I thought that was that was terrific. There are aspects of the trip that we would look to improve on, of course, the location of the hotel, the, the training facilities, and so on. But for year one of doing that, I think the the, the opposition was fine for the first couple of games, and then it got better as it went on. And and I think that uh, it, it certainly held us in good stead so far this uh, spring season, and has you know has added a bit of culture. And and when you're playing against players where Football is their lives. Uh, they, you know, the spirit, the passion, so on, came out there, and I thought our players acquitted themselves very, very well during that trip. And I think there were signs of that trip there that have carried over to the spring season. So we, even though we got off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, I think we kicked on. I think the quality of the games we played in Scotland have uh, have definitely helped us. Yeah, I would have to agree with that for sure. And with that uh, being said, let's. Uh Let's wrap up the episode number two of Rabbit Radio. Yes, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. I want to thank Andreas Morris. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, D-Dub. I want to thank Jeff Paulus. Jeff, as always, JP, thanks for coming. D-Dub. And, of course, our guest today, Mr. Colin Miller. Gaffer, thank you very much for joining us here at the table. My pleasure, guys. You're doing a great job. And thank you to all the Eddie's fans out there. And continued uh, support thanks we very much appreciate it yeah thanks very much guys and uh, hopefully you can get us more questions next week Uh, there'll be a player as a guest we'll announce that player in a little bit of time jp ring about the shout out no just uh there were some questions asked Uh, we didn't get to tonight about the academy but we'll do an academy section next week on the show and we'll answer those questions at that time most definitely so for all of you out there listening thanks very much this is rabbit radio the official podcast of fc edmonton we'll see you again soon